What's good, everyone? It's the Puerto Rican Pirates, Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today, we're going to review the HBO Max DC exclusive, The Titans. And this show is obviously based off the Teen Titans series and the comic book and Teen Titans show and all of all things Titans. And essentially, what we're starting here is a TVMA rated version of the Titans, meaning they're dropping fucking F-bombs, they're dropping everything in the book, blood, gore, violence. It's essentially what the Marvel's Daredevil show was, but just up a notch with, you know, the language and definitely whole hyper-violence everywhere. And it's definitely something different. This shit is so lit. I mean, I didn't expect it to be so good from the get-go, and I held off the show God knows how long. Maybe because it was on that DC app that no one really was using. But once I saw it on HBO Max, I'm like, you know what? I definitely will have it in my queue and eventually we'll talk about it. And I finally got to it. So with that being said, enough of the pleasantries. Let's get into it. We start off with a young Raven who in this show is called Rachel Roth. I'm assuming it's one of those cases where she's adopted and she's not really knowing her own origin because I don't recognize this backstory to Raven at all. So she seems to be somewhere in Michigan, but before we get to that, so she's having a dream. And the dream is actually about Dick Grayson's, Flying Grayson's uh, life prior to being adopted by Bruce Wayne and that whole tragedy. So the fact that she knows this happening in real life and it can feel it and somehow live it like if she was there mind you she's only like a 15 year old in the show and dick grayson's in well in his late 20s and 30s so it's kind of strange that this young girl knows his own memories verbatim exactly how it happened and she wakes up with a crazy ass night terror so dick grayson is not popular at work he's working for the detroit pd so he went, left gotham and went to detroit and started a new life somewhere out there so you know how it is you have to escape your past move somewhere else and start over where nobody knows you in order for you to start over for real and that way you don't nobody has any preconceived um notions or whatever about you because everyone's got something to say but anyways here we are we're in traverse city michigan where rachel is Rachel Raven but she's called Rachel is scaring the shit out of her mom with her night terrors and it's like getting so severe that her mom's worried that these things are getting stronger and stronger the neighbors the next morning she's going to school they're complaining about it as she's going to the school bus some dickhead is giving her some shit harassing her and then some football players defending her like hey leave her alone the star athlete of the football team I guess somewhere in the high school kind of like the JV team or something and they start like scrapping on the bus and the bus driver's like yo cut it out so when she arrives home after school, after like uh, this guy getting essentially rocked in the face for her because he's, she wants to say, hey, uh, thank you for standing up for me or whatnot. And he completely like passes by her. So like it was a wasted effort because I don't know, he was just trying to look the part, but he wasn't really trying to act the part, I guess, whatever it was. This ain't a teen drama because the show tells you from the get go, this is not your CW type DC show they are not even focusing on teenagers they're going right to the real shit because she is getting home from her house she arrives and there's a man there who's telling her mom to confess to her that she's not her real mother that she's been adopted this whole time and obviously those who know the DC comics lore are like duh we know her dad's Trigon and she's actually half demon and whatnot so I we didn't we knew I didn't assume this wasn't her mom. I thought she was a human that he um, conceived with or whatever. But she just seems like a typical person, normal lady, nice lady, very nice to her. But she's not the real mom. She's just her host or her adoptive guardian for the time being. And 
this dude murks her in front of her. I'm like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Because he shoots her behind the head with a silencer gun. And this is where she freaks out and leaves the house. In a dark alley, some guy is trying to sell drugs. And Robin beats their asses. It's like a trade-off between true rival drug dealers or gangs or whatever. And he's going in on them. Like, he's just wrecking house in the alley. And they're all, before they even start beefing, you, you hear them, like, look for... Oh, like, oh, shit. If he's here, that means Batman can't be far, right? Because, of course, you see Robin, you'd assume Batman's close by, but Robin's going solo at this point. He's a grown-ass man trying to live his life. He's not trying to live under his dad's shadow. So he's here, and he's like, are you serious? So he just puts a smoke bomb in and starts beating the asses. All of them beat him up, and it was the funniest scene because he's there going in on him, like, hard, and, like, breaking bones and on some, you know, like, strong shit. He's not holding back at all. So, this is where Dick Grayson shows who the hell he really is. So, he beats all their asses to a pulp and even, like, I think he put a ninja star into a couple guys' eyes. Like, it got real bad. Like, one of those bloody fights. And he's like, fuck Batman. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that? And from the get-go? Like, you're really just saying fuck Batman in the first five minutes. This show is definitely in my speed. I love it. Well, it's not really the first five minutes. It's definitely 15 minutes in. But the way it goes so quickly, it feels like it's like, oh, boom, boom, boom. We're going from action to action. And this is good because the pace is like, they give you a story. Then you get some action. They give you a story. Give you some action. There's no lull. There's no wait period. It's like, just like the animated series of Batman, you get those moments where they talk and they're saying important information and they're giving you character development. But then you go right to the action, not that far from there. So where do we go from here? So, uh, back at the trip ED, the police are searching for Robin. They're like, why the hell is the Boy Wonder in Detroit? Shouldn't he be in Gotham? What is going on here? So, as Dick Grayson's in the background, he's a detective in the, the trip ED at the moment. He's like, because he's a new transfer. And he's there, like, smirking, like, <laughs> they don't know. Like that meme, they don't know. So, here we go, Raven skips town after what she just witnessed and obviously what child wouldn't get scarred for life for that you see your mom who the only person you consider your mother like she is your parent figure get killed in front of you you just gotta run because you you think you're next so she takes a bus like Rayhound to Detroit randomly picks Detroit because it comes up in the logs of buses just leaving and she hops on it so she goes to a soup kitchen and this quote-unquote nice lady tries to take her into a youth shelter because she's like hey i know you're a minor it's a lot of adults here it's not safe let me take you somewhere safe and she seems very nice and very trusting she's got a badge and everything that she works at the shelter but something behind my head my head's like okay this seems a little bit too good to be true and way too quickly but then again the show's kind of like in this i don't want to say a rush pace but it feels like things are moving so fast like you know what whatever it's just editing boy was i right so she gets nervous and tries to escape via hitting a brick on a cop car because they have a they go to this back alley and right away you see a back alley any scenario you're like shit's about to pop off like you know something's gonna happen so we're at the moment where this lady who's a very nice lady you know somewhere in her 60s or so she seems very older but she seems very endearing She's there just talking, trying to gain Raven's confidence. And she's like, and then Raven's shadow just talks to her like, don't trust her, run. And she does so. And the woman is like, Rachel, Rachel. And mind you, at this point, Raven never gave her name yet. How does she know her name is Rachel? Hmm? This is where things are getting strange. Like this woman knows who she is. She's probably working with the dude that tried to kill her mom. That's what everyone's, that's what we're all thinking right now. There's a, there's a hoots in here. <laughs> So, at a holding, 
you know, the jail, I guess you can call, where it's Detroit PD, they arrested Raven, of course, because she threw a brick at a damn cop car, and she went willingly, because she needed to be somewhere safe where no one can reach her. Uh, she meets Robin, and she recognizes him from her dream, and he's like, tripping out like how do you know such so much information about my life like who sent you like he he obviously assumed this girl is someone connected to batman like batman hired her to like be uh, uh i don't know you call it a recon for him or something i don't know they're having this sort of discourse where they're not really vibing and meeting eye to eye they're trying to they're growing apart at this point in the story so this is where things are getting weird or he's like thinking he's sending anybody just to get a information about what's going on in his life so we move on here to vienna austria and we're introduced to Starfire. Obviously, the fans know who Starfire is. People who are not known of the character yet and just watch this brand new, just see this black woman in somewhere in Eastern Europe dressed like a hooker, and they're like, who is this lady? She wakes up in a car that's already been shot at and beat to pieces and totaled, and there's a dead guy at the steering wheel, and she's like, what just happened? So a rival car arrives and finds a job and starts shooting at her, but she manages to escape in, uh, into the woods and ends up in some motel there. So she has the top floor of the hotel, motel, whatever you want to call it. And um, it is crazy how she got money like this because I wouldn't assume this lady, I mean, she doesn't know who she is. I'm, I'm assuming Starfire in this story somehow is a body snatcher where she just kind of like either took the identity of a person or like somehow absorbed their their body appearances i don't know how aliens work however you want to make this make sense right so here we are starfire is pretty much having amnesia not knowing who she is and where she comes from what she does so i'm assuming she somehow is taking this lady's appearance to appear more earth-like and not so much stand out because she's obviously a foreigner from a different planet or she would be bright as orange so she's trying to be incognito and blend in but uh, she goes to the top floor of the fancy ass hotel it's greeted by the person at the door and doesn't remember who she is at all. Apparently, she's somebody important in this world of uh, organized crime. So she finds some guy beat up and tied up in a room, locked in a room. And as she's like taking the tape off his mouth, he's just like antagonizing her, like, "Oh, you know, they're gonna find you and they're gonna take you." So he, he's like, he takes, <laughs> how do I say this? He tell he tells her about the guy in charge and tries to kill her, but she ain't having it, and she beats his ass up. So obviously Starfire's super strength is still canon within the show. So from here we move on where Raven is pleading with, with Dick to keep her safe. He tries to check her story to make sure her alibi matches. And while this happens, a cop car takes her to a transfer to a children's cell, quote unquote transfer. Dick sees that she's being taken away even though he just promised her she's not going anywhere. And he goes after her. He calls a pager on the on his cop car. And he's like, yo, what's going on here? Who's, what number of cars is this? So this is where they move into this scene where at a nightclub, Starfire is being confronted by the club owner. And this motherfucker shoots her. Now, this guy, before he shoots her, confesses that he's in love with her and that they had some connection. But she doesn't remember who the hell he is because at this point, her memory's like shot. So what does he do? He just shoots her like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. And his name is Constantine, but not to be confused with Constantine from uh, Justice League Dark. This guy is some, I guess, assuming Austrian mob boss or something, 
who owns a nightclub and this nightclub is very European in style and aesthetic. It has really weird music that I really don't hear too often in American nightclubs. So my guess is very specific to their region, what they vibe to. And mind you, before that, she was greeted by Lena, who runs a hotel lobby, gave her ID card and all this stuff. So she came from some money. And as she's heading to Dash Shaman, I guess the name of the club, she meets up with this constant guy. And as she's about to get killed by him, her body reacts and uses up her natural starfire defenses and burns him and his crew to a crisp. I didn't see this shit coming by a mile away. I mean, I knew she was gonna essentially reflect, but she pretty much killed these guys and felt nothing as they were like literally, just like the Game of Thrones uh, dragons, just burned to an ash. It was like quick and fast. I'm like, oh damn, well, now we know her freaking power levels are definitely untacked. Like she is strictly just nuclear. So here we move on where uh, <laughs> she lights their asses up in self-defense. I'll leave it, I'll leave it like that. Um, then back to Raven. She's confronted by the guy that killed her. Uh, her mother and her his name is I believe Acolyte or something and he gives her some cryptic shit something about sacrificing her and as he he's essentially doing this um, ceremony to like, sacrificially kill her or like I don't know like sacrifice her because she's so damn evil and powerful he has to purify her before he can kill her it's some wild shit like you just like know some some dark arts or not necessarily dark arts since she is dark maybe this guy's a purifier maybe he's some sort of like priest or holy man who's taking his his uh <laughs> taking it to the next level like okay we're definitely gonna exercise her demons the way i think it should be done and that's by stabbing her but as he's about to do that dick grayson comes to save the day and follow he found her trail and has found raven uh this guy's trying to sneak attack on him but this is when raven's natural demonic powers come out and apparently melts all his organs <laughs> and kills the guy instantly with this dark magic shit. I'm like, yo, what the hell did I just witness? This was so wild and so cool at the same time. And then Dick walks in like, did you just kill this dude? And she's just like baffled by it. And I guess our power just depleted just that one attack. So we at this point know that she really cannot control her powers, but it is more controlling her because throughout the episode, you see little notions of the powers speaking for her, making her decisions for her. And she's trying to ignore them at every which way possible so from here we move on to covington ohio where they're essentially beast boys intruding at a game store and stealing games and the security guard just happens to be armed mind you i've never seen a security guard with a gun at a damn GameStop or any kind of best buy like this guy's an armed security guard at a game store this is the weirdest place ohio's definitely got their gun laws all over the place because if you go to any best buy in new england or even new york i don't think i've seen armed security i've seen cops i've seen cops in front of those stores but i've never seen overnight security with guns i mean is it different in your part of the area of the, of the world let's let me know i guess right but yeah so we see him or introduced to him and he goes from being tiger to back to human but as he's doing this metamorphosis back to human his clothes disappeared or he's not really wearing clothes so yes he's becoming this beast preacher he is nude but he has to put his clothes on because when he goes back to being human because he can't transform while in clothes unlike in the cartoons and comics where the clothes don't really make i don't know it kind of makes sense logically like why would his clothes not transform with him 
So I guess this is one of those things like, ah, oh, they're trying to kind of make it make sense here. But now it just makes things a little awkward. Now we got nude Beast Boy we're running around in the middle of the forest stealing Xbox games. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with the episode two review after these messages because I got to pay some bills. What's good, everyone? It's the Puerto Rican Pirates, Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today, we're going to review the HBO Max DC exclusive, The Titans. And this show is obviously based off the Teen Titans series and the comic book and Teen Titans show and all of all things Titans. And essentially, what we're starting here is a TVMA rated version of the Titans, meaning they're dropping fucking F-bombs, they're dropping everything in the book, blood, gore, violence. It's essentially what the Marvel's Daredevil show was, but just up a notch with, you know, the language and definitely whole hyper-violence everywhere. And it's definitely something different. This shit is so lit. I mean, I didn't expect it to be so good from the get-go, and I held off the show God knows how long. Maybe because it was on that DC app that no one really was using. But once I saw it on HBO Max, I'm like, you know what? I definitely will have it in my queue and eventually we'll talk about it. And I finally got to it. So with that being said, enough of the pleasantries. Let's get into it. We start off with a young Raven who in this show is called Rachel Roth. I'm assuming it's one of those cases where she's adopted and she's not really knowing her own origin because I don't recognize this backstory to Raven at all. So she seems to be somewhere in Michigan, but before we get to that, so she's having a dream. And the dream is actually about Dick Grayson's, Flying Grayson's uh, life prior to being adopted by Bruce Wayne and that whole tragedy. So the fact that she knows this happening in real life and it can feel it and somehow live it like if she was there mind you she's only like a 15 year old in the show and dick grayson's in well in his late 20s and 30s so it's kind of strange that this young girl knows his own memories verbatim exactly how it happened and she wakes up with a crazy ass night terror so dick grayson is not popular at work he's working for the troy pd so he went, left gotham and went to detroit and started a new life somewhere out there so you know how it is you got to escape your past move somewhere else and start over where nobody knows you in order for you to start over for real and that way you don't nobody has any preconceived um notions or whatever about you because everyone's got something to say but anyways here we are we're in traverse city michigan where rachel is Rachel Raven but she's called Rachel is scaring the shit out of her mom with her night terrors and it's like getting so severe that her mom's worried that these things are getting stronger and stronger the neighbors the next morning she's going to school they're complaining about it as she's going to the school bus some dickhead is giving her some shit harassing her and then some football players defending her like hey leave her alone the star athlete of the football team I guess somewhere in the high school kind of like the JV team or something and they start like scrapping on the bus and the bus driver's like yo cut it out so when she arrives home after school, after like uh, this guy getting essentially rocked in the face for her because he's, she wants to say, hey, uh, thank you for standing up for me or whatnot. And he completely like passes by her. So like it was a wasted effort because I don't know, he was just trying to look the part, but he wasn't really trying to act the part, I guess, whatever it was. This ain't a teen drama because the show tells you from the get go, this is not your CW type DC show, they are not even focusing on teenagers. They're going right to the real shit because she is getting home from her house. She arrives and a, there's a man there who's telling her mom to confess to her that she's not her real mother, that she's been adopted this whole time. 
and obviously those who know the DC Comics lore are like, duh, we know her dad's Trigon and she's actually half demon and whatnot. So I we didn't we knew I didn't assume this wasn't her mom. I thought she was a human that he um, conceived with or whatever, but she just seems like a typical person, normal lady, nice lady, very nice to her. But she's not the real mom. She's just her host or her adoptive guardian for the time being and this dude murks her in front of her i'm like yo what the fuck just happened because he shoots her behind the head with a silencer gun and this is where she freaks out and leaves the house in a dark alley some guy is trying to sell drugs and robin beats their asses it's like a trade-off between true rival drug dealers or gangs or whatever and he's going in on him like he's just wrecking house in the alley and they're all, before they even start beefing you you hear them like look for oh like oh shit if he's here that means batman can't be far right because of course you see robin you assume batman's close by but robin's going solo at this point he's a grown-ass man trying to live his life he's not trying to live under his dad's shadow so he's here and he's like are you serious so he just puts a smoke bomb in and starts beating the asses all of them beating him up and it was the funniest scene because he's there going in on him like hard and like breaking bones and on some you know like strong shit he's not holding back at all so this is where dick grayson shows who the hell he really is so he beats all their asses to a pulp and even like i think he put a ninja star into a couple guys eyes like it got real bad like one of those bloody fights and he's like fuck batman I'm like oh shit like that and from the get-go like you're really just saying fuck batman in the first five minutes this show is definitely in my speed i love it well it's not really the first five minutes it's definitely 15 minutes in but the way it goes so quickly it feels like it's like oh boom 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 we're going from action to action and this is good because the pace is like they give you a story then you get some action they give you a story give you some action there's no lull there's no wait period it's like just like the animated series of batman you get those moments where they talk and they're saying important information and they're giving you character development and then you go right to the action not that far from there so where do we go from here so uh, back at the trip ad the police are searching for robin they're like why the hell is the boy wonder in detroit shouldn't he be in gotham what is going on here so as dick grayson's in the background he's detective in the, the trip ad at the moment he's like because he's a new transfer and he's there like smirking like <laughs> they don't know like that meme they don't know so here we go with Raven skips town after what she just witnessed. And obviously what child wouldn't get scarred for life for that. You see your mom, who the only person you consider your mother, like she is your parent figure, get killed in front of you. You just gotta run because you you think you're next. So she takes a bus, a Greyhound to Detroit, randomly picks Detroit because it comes up in the logs of buses just leaving and she hops on it. So she goes to a soup kitchen and this quote-unquote nice lady tries to take her into a youth shelter because she's like, hey, I know you're a minor. It's a lot of adults here. It's not safe. Let me take you somewhere safe. And she seems very nice and very trusting. She's got a badge and everything that she works at the shelter. But something behind my, he my head's like, okay, this seems a little bit too good to be true and way too quickly. But then again, the show's kind of like in this, I don't want to say a rushed pace, but it feels like things are moving so fast. Like, you know what? Whatever. It's just editing. Boy, was I right. So she gets nervous and tries to escape via hitting a brick on a cop car because they have a they go to this back alley and right away you see a back alley any scenario you're like shit's about to pop off like you know something's gonna happen so we're at the moment where this lady who's a very nice lady you know somewhere in her 60s or so she seems very older but she seems very endearing 
she's there just talking, trying to gain Raven's confidence. And she's like, and then Raven's shadow just talks her like, don't trust her, run. And she does so. And the woman is like, Rachel, Rachel. And mind you, at this point, Raven never gave her name yet. How does she know her name is Rachel? Hmm? This is where things are getting strange. Like this woman knows who she is. She's probably working with a dude that tried to kill her mom. That's what everyone's, that's what we're all thinking right now. There's like, there's like hoots in here. <laughs> so at a holding, you know, the jail, I guess you can call, where you know, it's Detroit PD, they arrested Raven, of course, because she threw a brick at a damn cop car and she went willingly because she needed to be somewhere safe where no one can reach her. Uh, she meets Robin and she recognizes him from her dream. And he's like tripping out. Like, how do you know such so much information about my life? Like, who sent you? Like, he, he obviously assumed this girl is someone connected to Batman. Like, Batman hired her to, like, be, uh, uh, I don't know, you call it a recon for him or something. I don't know. They're having this sort of discourse where they're not really vibing and meeting eye to eye. They're trying to, they're growing apart at this point in the story. So this is where things are getting weird. Or he's like thinking, he's sending anybody just to get a, information about what's going on in his life. So we move on here to Vienna, Austria, and we're introduced to Starfire. Obviously the fans know who Starfire is. People who are not known of the character yet and just watch this brand new, just see this black woman in somewhere in Eastern Europe dressed like a hooker. And they're like, who is this lady? She wakes up in a car that's already been shot at and beat to pieces and totaled. And there's a dead guy at the steering wheel. And she's like, what just happened? So a rival car arrives and finishes the job and starts shooting at her. But she manages to escape in, uh, into the woods and ends up in some motel there. So she has the top floor of the hotel, motel, whatever you want to call it. And um, it is crazy how she got money like this because... I wouldn't assume this lady, I mean, she doesn't know who she is. I'm, I'm assuming Starfire in this story somehow is a body snatcher where she just kind of like either took the identity of a person or like somehow absorbed their their body appearances. I don't know how aliens work. However you want to make this make sense, right? So here we are. Starfire is pretty much having amnesia, not knowing who she is and where she comes from, what she does. So I'm assuming she somehow is taking this lady's appearance to appear more Earth-like and not so much stand out because she's obviously a foreigner from a different planet or she would be bright as orange. So she's trying to be incognito and blend in. But uh, she goes to the top floor of the fancy-ass hotel It's greeted by the person at the door and doesn't remember who she is at all. Apparently she's somebody important in this world of uh, organized crime. So she finds some guy beat up and tied up in a room, locked in a room. And as she's like taking the tape off his mouth, he's just like antagonizing her. Like, oh, you know, they're going to find you and they're going to take you. So he, he's like, he takes, <laughs> how do I say this? He, tell, he tells her about the guy in charge and tries to kill her. But she ain't having it. And she beats his ass up. So obviously Starfire's super strength is still canon within the show. So from here, we move on where Raven is pleading with, with Dick to keep her safe. He tries to check her story to make sure her alibi matches. And while this happens, a cop car takes her to a transfer to a children's cell, quote unquote transfer. Dick sees that she's being taken away, even though he just promised her she's not going anywhere. And he goes after her. He calls a pager on, the, on his cop car. And he's like, yo, what's going on here? Who's, what number of cars is this? So this is where they move into this scene where at a nightclub, Starfire is being confronted by the club owner and this motherfucker shoots her. Now this guy, before he shoots her, confesses that he's in love with her 
and that they had some connection, but she doesn't remember who the hell he is because at this point her memory's like shot. So what does he do? He just shoots her like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. And his name is Constantine, but not to be confused with Constantine from uh, Justice League Dark. This guy is some, I guess, assuming Austrian mob boss or something who owns a nightclub and this nightclub is very European in style and aesthetic. It has really weird music that I really don't hear too often in American nightclubs. So my guess is very specific to their region, what they vibe to. And mind you, before that, she was greeted by Lena, who runs a hotel lobby, gave her ID card and all this stuff. So she came from some money. And as she's heading to Dash Shaman, I guess the name of the club, she meets up with this constant guy. And as she's about to get killed by him, her body reacts and uses up her natural starfire defenses and burns him and his crew to a crisp. I didn't see this shit coming at, by a mile away. I mean, I knew she was gonna essentially reflect, but she pretty much killed these guys and felt nothing as they were like literally, just like the Game of Thrones uh, dragons, just burned to an ash. It was like quick and fast. I'm like, oh damn, well, now we know her freaking power levels are definitely untacked. Like she is strictly just nuclear. So here we move on where uh, <laughs> she lights their asses up in self-defense. I'll leave it, I'll leave it like that. Um, then back to Raven. She's confronted by the guy that killed her, uh, her mother, and her his name is, I believe, Acolyte or something. And he gives her some cryptic shit, something about sacrificing her. And as he, he's essentially doing this um, ceremony to like, sacrificially kill her or like, I don't know, like sacrifice her because she's so damn evil and powerful. He has to purify her before he can kill her. It's some wild shit. Like you just like know some, some dark arts or not necessarily dark arts since she is dark. Maybe this guy's a purifier. Maybe he's some sort of like priest or holy man who's taking his his uh <laughs> taking it to the next level like okay we're definitely gonna exercise her demons the way i think it should be done and that's by stabbing her but as he's about to do that dick grayson comes to save the day and follow he found her trail and has found raven uh this guy's trying to sneak attack on him but this is when raven's natural demonic powers come out and apparently melts all his organs <laughs> and kills the guy instantly with this dark magic shit. I'm like, yo, what the hell did I just witness? This was so wild and so cool at the same time. And then Dick walks in like, did you just kill this dude? And she's just like baffled by it. And I guess our power just depleted just that one attack. So we at this point know that she really cannot control her powers, but it is more controlling her because throughout the episode, you see little notions of the powers speaking for her, making her decisions for her. And she's trying to ignore them at every which way possible. So from here we move on to Covington, Ohio, where they're essentially Beast Boys intruding at a game store and stealing games. And the security guard just happens to be armed. Mind you, I've never seen a security guard with a gun at a damn GameStop or any kind of Best Buy. Like this guy's an armed security guard at a game store. This is the weirdest place. Ohio's definitely got their gun laws all over the place because if you go to any Best Buy in New England or even New York, I don't think I've seen armed security. I've seen cops. I've seen cops in front of those stores, but I've never seen overnight security with guns. I mean, is it different in your part of the area of the world? Let's let me know, I guess, right? But yeah, so we see him or introduced to him and he goes from being tiger to back to human. But as he's doing this metamorphosis back to human, 
his clothes disappeared, or he's not really wearing clothes, so yes, he's becoming this beast preacher. He is nude, but he has to put his clothes on because when he goes back to being human, because he can't transform while in clothes, unlike in the cartoons and comics where the clothes don't really make... I don't know, it kind of makes sense, logically, like, why would his clothes not transform with him? So I guess it's one of those things, like, ah, they're trying to kind of make it make sense here, but now it just makes things a little awkward. Now we got a nude Beast Boy, we're running around in the middle of the forest, stealing Xbox games. So stay tuned, we'll be right back with the Episode 2 review, after these messages, because I gotta pay some bills. <laughs> <laughs> 